rapid onslaught of the coup d'etat of boxing continues in quick succession with sneak attack coming to you live on youtube on this pretty pretty decent sunday afternoon over here in europe as always joined by my co-host the chief executive officer head of telecommunications the visual scorecard how you doing well doing well you should special. say, uh, and should say, Mister Insomnia as well. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very accurate description. Yeah, bro. yeah. You know, I mean, the, the essence of Sneak Attack is just to review the drama that took place yesterday afternoon, the weigh-in of um, the. For us, anyway, it's been one of the most anticipated fights in the last whatever number of years, eight years, etc. Um, after conducting um, extensive film analysis, which went out um, just a few days ago, uh, we thought we'd come back and review the weigh-in, and we were still contemplating. Uh, our definitive picks to see if there's any variables have have come into the equation, i.e. how both fighters made the weight, their physicality, how they've been looking, any signs of uh, significant weight-drawn aspects that could perhaps make a significant impact in the outcome of the fight. Um, Weigh-in took place yesterday. In Dallas, Texas, both fights, both fighters, ultra professionals they are, both came in, made the weight, the fight is on, both Roman Gonzalez and Juan Francisco Estrada weighed in at a very healthy 114 pounds, 0.8. Um, interesting, both of them came in bang on pretty comfortably inside the 115-pound weight threshold. Gonzalez looking, as he pretty much does all the time, 
he's not really blessed with any bodybuilding DNA, etc. There's no sort of muscle memory there. He comes in, just looks ultra relaxed, comfortable. He's not too engrossed in any sort of stare downs, etc. Believes in his ability, but Estrada a little bit more pumped up as we knew. Came in at 114.8. Looked in good physical condition. Slightly better muscle definition. Both fighters looked as we expected them to look. I don't think there was any surprises there. In comparing their, their statures to the weigh-in from November 2012 when the fight took place at at 108 pounds. Um, very similar. Estrada looked a little bit better definition even back then. Um, but he was coming down in weight, fighting at 108 for the first time. But Gonzalez, incidentally, the, weight, the fight before, fought at 112 and a half pounds. So their weights were kind of fluctuating between flyweight and junior flyweight. Um, but currently both fighters are, are sort of seasoned, been at fly super flyweight for a number of years now. So it's a routine. Um, yeah, the fight is on. Official, any, what are your thoughts on the way in? Well, first of all, I would add one thing to your description of this very episode. And uh, what I wanted to add is that we are also going to give our final picks. <laughs> but okay, we'll save it for later. Now, but wait in. Both of them looked very, very good in my opinion. Uh, well, their your physics are very different. And... Uh, on Estrada's side, I do think that he was looking wonderful. Official, yeah. official e enemy forces must be jamming your telecommunications because I didn't quite hear that. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So what I was saying, uh, can you hear me any better now? Hello? 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 Can you hear me? No, I can't hear you. Oh. Uh, I, I'll leave and I'll come back. Okay. Just wait for official to come back. I'm going to have a look at the um, the betting situation. Um, kind of look at the, the the frequency. Just look at the the position across all of the European markets. I think the odds have been yes. So I'm back. Uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, that sounds better. 
oh great I don't know what's happening, but yeah, I just left StreamYard and came back. Anyways, about the waiting, I, I do think that both of them looked uh, great in their uh, own right. Uh, Estrada, well, yeah, when, when he's uh, in a really good shape, you can tell it uh, in all of his veins. And uh, it was certainly the case uh, the last night, in my opinion. He, he, he was looking big, looking, well good definition, everything physically in top shape. Now, Gonzalez on his side, uh, I mean, since he moved up to 115, uh, I do think this is the, the, the best he, he ever looked, probably, for, for at least from what I can remember. Because if you remember his uh, initial fights at 115, he was looking very pudgy at weightings. And uh, in fact, right after the Yafai fight, in the interview, he was saying that uh, since his return to, to 115 after uh, the Rung Vesai fights and after that one uh, tune-up fight he had against Moses before um, having a surgery, he said that this time he's taking boxing seriously, meaning that he's uh, in the gym all the time, which was not the case before. In fact, at least by, by his own words, uh, he was just having training camps uh, for the last couple of years, uh, but uh, was not really present in the gym all the time. Uh, now, again, by his words, that changed now. And plus, on top of that, I can say that he, he probably accommodated to 115. He's looking kind of different at the weightings. And just just remember some of his fights. I, I mean, uh, remember Chocolatito in, in the prev previous couple of years, whenever we would see an interview of Chocolatito, uh, when he was not scheduled to fight, his face was looking huge, so puffy, so so bloated, extremely, extremely bloated. I haven't seen him that way in the last uh, couple of months. And uh, yeah, at the waiting, he, he never looks uh, li like an Adonis. But I do think for, for compared to the way he was looking in the past previous years at the waiting's, he was looking much better. And on top of that, the last night I was uh, listening to Steve Kim on BDA. And uh, he was saying some diff um, some interesting things. In fact, uh, while well, he was comparing this fight because he visited Chocolatito a few days ago at his training camp. As well as... Um, I, I mean, he also visited him like two weeks before the Yafai fight, and uh, he was seeing huge differences in his shape, in, in his work in, at the gym. Uh, he's seeing that uh, two weeks before Yafai, he was spitting in a cup all the time, trying to make weight, while this time he, he would be probably able to, to make the weight uh, even a week or two ago for this fight against Estrada. So that's very promising to me. Yeah, I, I could I could sense that from the way in that both fighters didn't have to cut a, a significant amount of weight in the last few days. It's been a, 
a phased, gradual process which is correct. Um, no doubt, the, the, the sort of magnanimity and the significance of the fight, I think, has reinvigorated both of them. We know Estrada has always been a, a fighter who can, he can seem completely demotivated when he's not fighting. So he's a big game fighter. He's, his performances can, can certainly deviate in between and he can kind of sulk as well. After losing the first Rang Versailles fight, we saw him against Felipe Orcuta and Dwayne Beeman and he clearly, he was just in some sort of cruise control. He was kind of upset that he didn't get the Suisaket fight straight away and it kind of impacts his performances on the night. It not looking ideal, but whenever it's a big fight, he'll obviously step it up. And when he's determined to avenge a defeat, as he has done with two previous in the past, then his performances just go to a completely different level. Gonzalez, on the other hand, is has a better consistency in the ring. You don't see him having any 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 bad performances, except obviously the second Sarisakat uh, you know, the, the rematch, but we know the 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 situation behind that having uh, a sustained per- period of bereavement and, and clearly mentally and physically, he just didn't look night. He, he was back in Japan with his previous coach, Tanaka, and for whatever reason, the, you know, the partnership didn't work well on the night, but strategically, I think he's a, he's a bit better. He realizes that he's he can't be banging with fighters anymore. He's the he's a boxer. He's a pressure fighter, but he's transitioned. He, you're right. I agree. He looks better than what he did when he first moved up to 115, when he fought Carlos Quadras. And his subsequent fights at 115 pounds, both Rangvasai fights. Um, he looked he looked in good shape for the Calier five fight. Israel Gonzalez. So weight is not a factor significant factor in this fight. Gonzalez has just come off beating fighters who are significantly bigger than him. Um, Cal Yafai was a bantamweight who came back down to flyweight, so much bigger fighter. And Israel Gonzalez is where you can just look at the physical dimensions between himself and Gonzalez and age as well. You know, Israel is not going to remain at 115 He's he's gonna he's gonna go up to bantamweight, no doubt about it. So Gonzalez wouldn't be phased by it. even if Estrada rehydrates a little bit heavier. I don't think it's gonna matter to him. It's, this fight is not gonna be determined on 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 weight. There's not there's not gonna be that much clinching. I I, I see Estrada and Gonzalez are not those sorts of fighters. They're able, in fact, they're able to to fight out of clinches. Um, that was some of the fight analysis that we showed. They're both cerebral fighters. They both um, uh, the, the skills they embody is just uh, fantastic, both defensively and and offensively, and what able and what they're able to do to try and nullify the physicality which may came, which one fighter might try and impose on the other at those sort of distances. The strider would know. We'll, we'll, if Gonzalez is having those sorts of success, that he'll he'll try and spin him off. He'll try and use his feet, create the angles, you know, turn Gonzalez. And Gonzalez, we know, is ultra proficient when a fighter tends to do that to re-establish the distance and range. He'll 
you use those clever techniques, you know, be targeting the body to get back inside, you know, bobbing and weaving, slipping, ultra compact. So, um, yeah, a lot, lot of components in place. And, um, you know, I, I was thinking a little bit more official about the pound for pound argument, because f for me, what this fight represents it, it represents definitely a fight in the true essence of pound for pound. What Roman Gonzalez is doing, and we know it's, he's, he's fighting above his optimum weight. And not only that, he's, he's beaten champions who are naturally at 115 pounds. And he's a champion there at the moment, beaten, beaten fighters who are significantly bigger than him. So in the true essence of pound for pound, he is a pound-for-pound pound fighter. And what Estrada was attempting to do in the first fight, leaving 112 pounds flyweight coming down to junior fly and now coming up to 115 pounds. So he's fluctuated between the weights, showing that Gonzalez was, was the killer. You know, all the, back in 2012, he was the one with the huge reputation. So for Estrada to show that sort of desire to come down in weight not even take a tune-up fight at 108 pounds, fight Gonzalez, you know, for the championship, try and take his undefeated streak as well. You know, he, he that's a true reflection of a pound-for-pound pound fighter. Now, then he went back up to 112, became the unified champion. Now he's moved up to 115. So both fighters in that, in that sort of context um, reflect true essence of pound for pound fighters and that that's why for me the winner the winner of this particular bout becoming a, a unified champion at 115 pounds they are right up there top three for me on, on the coup d'etat of boxing's pound for pound rankings because we, we we're not too concerned with the espn or the golden boy whatever you know that, that sort of politically motivated rubbish we're talking about the coup d'etat of boxing's pound-for-pound pound criteria, which is the best representation, I feel. In my opinion, too. Yeah, uh, without any false honesty, I do think that we are doing much better job than... than in, in fact, that the mainstream pound-for-pound pound lists are basically a way to, to, to market and promote fighters. Those are the, the, the uh, uh, schemes to promote the fighters. Uh, depends on uh, who's fighting on which network, etc. But yeah, we, we know that uh, top rank ESPN pound for pound car uh, rankings, they, they love uh, having Terrence as a number one, etc. Ring. <laughs> having you know, I mean, lo log logically, officially, if you look at T Terence Crawford logically and you put him in context with true pound for pound, he's a five feet nine inch athlete who rehydrates to, you know, what, around 160 pounds in between fights. He's 160. So he went down to lightweight, then light welter. Now he's at, at welterweight. So for Terence Crawford to be to be adjudicated in the true context of pound for pound, he has to get out of his natural weight class, which now is 147, and go and win titles at 154. So how can he be in the pound for pound rankings? 
that makes logically yeah. that makes no sense whatsoever yes or or at least to be of the average height and weight for uh, for for his weight class now yeah Look to to what you 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 was previously saying about the waiting. Yeah, I I would expect uh, personally. I would expect Estrada to come in the ring a bit heavier. Definitely, I would expect him to be heavier in the ring. I mean, to rehydrate more for the fight. But just like you said, it it doesn't matter in this fight for the reasons that you very well described, and so that's why. The, the referee would have a very easy night tonight, while I could not say so for, for the judges. <laughs> uh, 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 unless their, uh, their scorecards are pre-filled, hopefully not. Um, yeah, but uh, about what, what you were saying uh, about Chocolatito, uh, one more thing that reassured me the last night listening to Steve Kim was that he said this time when he visited the uh, Chocolatito a couple of days ago, uh, they were working a lot on uh, on angles, on, on movements. So that's a good thing for uh, for such a fanboy of Chocolatito as myself. <laughs> oh. I mean, Roman Gans, it's one of those fighters of which you have a massive amount of respect and admiration for for both fighters and um, any 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 of the two who who suffer a defeat. Of course, it would because you know boxing fans have got a have built up a natural empathy for both fighters because they they've exemplified what we've what boxing fans expect them to do to take on challenges throughout their boxing career and and therefore. Um, yeah, it, it's 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 going to to me. I I don't think it's going to desecrate the legacy of either fighter if if they suffer a defeat in this fight. Because as as far as I'm concerned, Gonzalez is already a first ballot Hall of Fame, one of the best fighters of all time. I don't make the demarcation between lower weight and heavier weight, whatever. Boxing has 17 weight classes. For me, it's all about skills and ability and fighting out of your comfort zone. And what I mean by that is fighters who have sacrificed a large proportion of their lives to go and set camp and fight fighters in other countries and entertain crowds for decades or, you know, however long their boxing career lasts and, and and both of these fighters have been doing that fighting in multiple jurisdictions you know moving up and up in weights um you know taking on challenges and now as gonzalez has the opportunity to unify and um one frisco and el gallo estrada has the opportunity of becoming a unified champion in in two weight categories so for me that's what happens when fighters of this sort of higher echelon fight. You know, somebody has to lose sometimes. You know, the, the wins and losses become shared. And back to that, the four kings analogy we were talking about with, with Quadros and Trisicat. Look how many wins and losses they've had. Look how many times they fought in between one another. 
Gonzalez and Estrada twice, Gonzalez and Sirisakat twice, Gonzalez and Quadras once, Estrada and Quadras twice, Estrada and Gonzalez twice now, and Estrada and Sirisakat twice. That's, once again, that's a true reflection of what the Four Kings represents. You know, fighting multiple times between four fighters, the elite, the optimum fighters at the weight category, rather than avoiding, as we're clearly seeing at lightweight. So, you know, so many of these new school boxing fans, you know, they, they, they really need to go back and com complete their high school diplomas. <laughs> but absolutely, bro. Look, I was just about to say it. Yeah, I mean... Uh... Losing this fight for for either guy, that it, it's not something that would make me uh, pull them down off my pound for pound list. Um, I mean, it would be a different thing if they they lose to to a fighter who's presumed by by myself to be a lesser fighter than them. But uh, for Estrada losing against such a fighter as Roman, or for Roman losing against such a fighter as Estrada, well, unless they they don't perform under my expectancy, there there's really no reason to 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 drop them out many spots to drag them to move them down for uh, for like 10 spots or etc maybe one two but and, and plus on top of that yeah if chocolatito wins this fight uh as uh well we already have him on our top five and me personally if i did my own personal pound for pound list he would still be at my number five so winning this fight um I would definitely, me personally, at least uh, at this point, I think I would put him at my number one spot because he he's fighting well above his uh, natural weight. I mean, not well above like uh, like Pacquiao, but yeah, he he is fighting much bigger guys. Even even Estrada, he could be boxing even at <coughs> excuse me please at one eighteen or something like that uh so so yeah well estrada definitely i could move him up uh, in between uh the first and the third place in top three definitely uh one interesting point after the waiting i i mean before the waiting uh juan francisco estrada was minus 180. um after yeah i'm looking I'm looking at the. I've got the odds right now. I'm looking at it. You, you're right. And, and right after the waiting, uh, he became an even uh, bigger favorite at minus two hundred. I mean, looking. At, I mean, I'm looking at the position between various markets. Yeah, he's between minus one seventy. You got one seventy five, one eighty, one eighty five. Um, So the average, so at the moment, the the average between all of the markets, he's he's now sort of sitting between between minus one eighty and one eighty seven. Um, I've got him at a minus one eighty at the moment. Um, but you're right, 
it shows how some people whatever they they saw in the way in you know that, that to me it shouldn't it shouldn't it really shouldn't be a precipitating factor to for you know such a a, a dramatic sort of fluctuation in the betting odds because it, that's that's not what the fight is going to be the the fight is not going to be decided upon their their physical appearance at all uh, the key for me was 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 there any sign of the fighters being weight drawn were they reaching for fluid straight away could you their physical appearance was their eyes sunk in were they looking were their skins extremely dry was there significant water retention um but both of them looked healthy and that's the key for me so uh the, the rehydration is not going to is not going to impact their their punch resistance that much that's more going to be dependent on um their paths leading up to the fight and we know as Roman Gonzalez is, has been very comfortable, has looked very good, and his confidence has dramatically been reinvigorated, hence why we saw such a calm demeanor, not too concerned about making eye contact with El Gallo and not being too brash in his prognostications after the fight, whereas Estrada is definitely looking a little bit more emotional, he's looking a little bit more pumped up, and he's predicted a, a knockout victory. Um, so slight concerns there for me. Um, but I'm just going to check Roman's position. He's fluctuated between, what is he, a plus 135 to... Plus one twenty-five. So he's gone from. So his baseline now is roughly about plus one hundred and thirty, from what I can see. Yes, yes, same for the ads that I was able to find. I mean, uh, except for 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 the French ads, because uh, man, uh, betting here in in France uh, is terrible, <laughs> pure robbery. But uh, yeah, yeah, because they, they have uh, not to jump off the topic, but they have uh, something called as Ar Argel. and um, it's basically, I mean, for that they are preventing the betters every way possible to bet on the on the sites based uh, in the other countries so they have um, this thing you know well they, they, they are basically blocking the access to many many international betting sites and uh, giving us shitty ads but yeah, uh, but by the way, one last point uh, I would make about uh, the waiting would be that Roman at the waiting, uh, in in his face mostly he looked very uh, very lean. Uh, so so yeah, I, I I would expect him to to probably rehydrate even less than for his previous fights. Yeah, I I could see. That. The amount of body fat that Roman was carrying was was definitely less than what I've seen him before at 115 pounds. Um, a little bit of water weight, a little bit of fat, but there's nothing wrong with that 
whatsoever. In fact, um, you need that fat to support your muscles. Otherwise, you're going to end up risking sort of organ failure. So um, I, I see no problem with that whatsoever. Um, yeah, they may rehydrate about five, five, six pounds maximum, I think. So um, that, 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 that's fine. Um, no, no problem there whatsoever. It's not going to, as I mentioned, once again, I don't think weight is going to be any, any significant factor. Um, yeah, and, uh, sorry, sorry for cutting you off, but the thing with me is, I, I mean, I already admitted that, I, uh, honestly, I don't know shit about. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm, I, I'm not really able to, to see some small things at the waiting. I'm not able to find the details. I, I never, I was never paying too much uh, attention to it. So basically, what I'm looking at the waitings is uh, if there is any significant uh, changes you know or something that looks out of order uh some huge something anything that could look as a huge plus or a huge minus for a fighter but as long as i'm not seeing anything you know that that really sticks to my eyes i'm like i'm i'm not too worried about it i think in terms of strategy for the fight official from what I saw, what I deduced from the training footage that was available, Roman was perfecting his body punch uppercuts, certainly with the lead, um, lead uppercuts to the body and, and combination uppercuts to the body. So I think, I think it's a wide strategy. The strata kind of wide, kind of a little bit longer from the body as well. Um, when he's going to that that sort of tea garden hooking off the jab his body is very much exposed um so i think there's there's great opportunities there for gonzalez to target the body we saw what he did targeting the body with estrada's mitigating estrada's lateral movements in the first fight so i think he's that's a wire strategy and what i saw the way he froze those uppercuts to the body official I've seen no one do it better. The, the, the technique that is visible from from my perspective of just sort of you know watching and, and narrating over it, it's <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a, it's it's a beautiful sight. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, you know me, you, you know what I was saying. I mean, in the previous stream. I do think that uh, those uppercuts in the first fight, man, they were extremely, extremely useful to Roman. So yeah, definitely, it 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 gives me even more confidence. I was not able to find, and I was not looking for their training footage, but yeah, it's it's interesting to to hear it, and I love it. <laughs> Yeah, with Estrada, I saw it a little bit and heard it some segments, but it, it it looked like he was really sitting down on his punches, you know, combination punching, really practicing that left hook jab, hooking off the jab, like what he likes to do, um, right hooks, sometimes lead uppercuts. I, I think we can, what we're going to get is a clinic in uppercuts. 
lead uppercuts, uppercuts to the body. Yeah. And with, with, with Gonzalez, with his head sort of at an angle, leaned over with these tucking, has his chin tucked in. So I think uh, Strada is going to try and work around the guard, certainly hooking around the guard, opening him up, and then try and put in that 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 right uppercut he does when he's dipping around to create the angle, defensively trying to get away from you know the left hook of Gonzalez. I think he's going to dip and come back with that right uppercut, uh, try and split the guard if he can. And with Gonzalez, I think he's going to work the body, slow him down, and then come back with his uppercuts uh, as a strider's guard is, is not always, as I mentioned, he tends to fluctuate between a T guard and, and, and um, he will drop the guard when he's at, at sort of mid range. So Gonzalez's jab will definitely be a key weapon. I think he needs to use it far more than he did in the first fight. And he has one of the best jabs in boxing and he's straight right, which was working beautifully with Cal Yafai up against a, uh, you know, a poorer sort of jab, uh, a poorer sort of, you know, defensive position that the strider does have. So I think the straight position, the straight punches for Roman will work. Um, I think it would definitely have some significant sort of detrimental impact on the strider. Yes, I do think so too. And uh, yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to say in the previous show. I want him to throw more straight punches. I mean, I already described how how useful his jab could be uh, in this fight. And it's, in my opinion, it already was one of the key factors in the first fight. But he was not, uh, he didn't start using it since the round one. It was a bit later, a couple of rounds later that he figured out he was catching Estrada with that punch. And uh, that's also because I, I do think he needs to throw straight punches because the jab is not, is, uh, is not telegraphed. He doesn't have to, to cock it back, to, to swing with it. So just to keep Ex- his punch short. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Using, used, using the jab against the Tulia, sort of more lucid fighter to try and you know, cut the distance, then uses his clever movements as he does the side to side to get in on the inside. Then if he works the combinations. But uh, Estrada, we know he's, he's <laughs> I think he's a little bit more emotionally invested in this fight, determined for revenge. And sometimes that can work against the fighter, but it, with, with Estrada, it tends to kind of motivate him. We know that. So, if he's going to stand there and trade, which I feel he's going to, he's going to get sucked into, um, um, knowing that the that almost the positions have reversed a whole hundred and eighty degrees. He feels he's the bigger, the natural hundred and fifteen pound fighter, the heavier handed fighter. So he's not going to. I don't think he, I can't see him backing down. You know that Mexican machismo is going to set in, and uh, th- th- that could. That could really light the touch paper for a, for some tremendous wars at certain aspects, you know, for, throughout the round. So I think, all in all, we're going to get a magnificent fight. I can't see it any other way. <laughs> yeah, me neither, man. But but you see, I was thinking a lot since our last show <clears throat> when we were talking about this fight. So yeah, definitely his movement, lateral movement, 
would probably give Roman hell. But on the other hand, offensively, I, I do think he should stay there and exchange at spots. Uh, but when he exchanges with Roman to do it with... How how could I say it? With confidence to 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 punch with authority. When he chooses to 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 plant his feet and exchange with Gonzalez, that he should throw combos, fast combos, explosive combos, and uh, that way he can uh, manipulate Roman's uh, right glove and sneak the left hook uh, behind it. But also. Uh, you know, that I already said, I feel that uh, Estrada does the same thing and is also open to the left hook. Plus, Roman in the first fight was nailing him with those inch or two inch left hooks just because he was uh, he started keeping his punches much shorter than uh, Estrada's and was countering him. Um Yeah, go, uh, go on. I'll try to... Uh, to to remind myself what I was to The key for me in in the outcome of the fight is going to be the first three rounds. I think they're going to be super crucial for the rest. In the sense that, what is Estrada's mindset like? Is he carrying any excess baggage of what happened with the Quadras fight? You know, a very heavy knockdown. Possible could have been knocked out we, we you know we've we've talked about the situation behind it so is he going to be a little bit tentative or has he has he all remnants psychological remnants and physical remnants of what happened in that fight has he overcome them it's on the back of his mind he's not the side of fighter than me that will sort of linger and contemplate like that um he's 30 years old so he's not not exactly exhausted in terms of his physical his physical prime he's he's there and thereabouts it definitely a little bit of degradation physically we talked about it but um can recover can recover in the fight and he came back and stopped quadra so credit to him but it was supposed to have been a very it's supposed to have been an easy fight given what happened to quadras so Estrada's form coming into the fight is a little bit there's certainly questions as well you know, why was it such a difficult fight? Um, many were predicting, you know, Quadras to be washed up, but we've already intimated that Quadras was also, you know, hugely. The same way Estrada is motivated for revenge in this fight, the same way Quadras was for the rematch against Estrada. He was looking to resurrect his career following a period of indifference and having problems with substances and... Um, fluctuating between weights and a lot of defeats, you know, losing against Mick Williams or Arroyo as well. So uh, chaos can only describe it. But, a, you know, tremendously skilled fighter, a little bit of a slapper, we know that, but does have ability and officials, you know, the, the fight analysis that you showed, showed some of the subtleties to his game, which boxing observers don't quite understand. The way he set up Estrada beautifully, changed his line of attack, employed some feints to try and sucker him up, you know, for his uppercut and hooks to the body. So that's something I think Gonzalez would have studied, looking at how susceptible a strider can be to feints and changing the attacks. So almost setting him up for a predictable combination 
then varying it, and then try and prize open his defense. And knowing that Estrada is going to, you know, open up with those hooks, so he's 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 definitely susceptible, you know, to the lead uppercut. And and Gonzalez was throwing that beautifully against Cal Yafai. So, well, there's just you now we could we could we could talk nonstop right up until the fight, be on the on the call for about eleven hours. So much, so many, so many aspects to discuss. But no, nah, no, nah, we're not gonna, we're not gonna do that. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> I mean, we. When you have two fighters like Estrada and Chocolatito with such a wide, uh, such a wide range of skills, everything can happen because they are not uh, one-dimensional fighters that. Uh, that you can easily predict the outcome of what would happen in the ring in between them two. It's, th that's why it's such a hell to predict what, what, uh, what will happen. And yeah. now, to what you were saying about Estrada, I mean, definitely, I would urge all the people to check out our previous stream, the, the film analysis for this fight. Uh, I think there is there are many different and uh, many different many interesting things to 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 see, and Estrada probably not the, his his defense is not uh, one of his uh, strengths, but offensively he's a wonderful fighter and definitely one of the best combo fighters. The way he puts his combos together, how fluid it is. It's it's just so mesmerizing to watch, and uh, I'm not just saying it out of kindness or to hype up the fight, or try to sound sound uh, like Max Kellerman, <laughs> God forbid, uh, but it really <laughs> it really is the case. So fluid, so mesmerizing, but so is so is Chocolatito in his own right. So, in in conclusion, to the way in review and, uh, and analysis has anything in the last 72 hours and what you saw yesterday from the way in as I changed your, your thoughts on how the fight might go and who, who may prevail at the end of the day. Uh, kind of, kind of. In fact, maybe not so much, but uh, during our last episode, I forgot to, to mention probably one or two of the most important things I was thinking about this fight, and I I haven't expressed myself correctly. Uh, so yeah, I'll I'll get into it. But uh, just before that, I'll just tell you I was reading the yep. the, the ring. Go on, sorry. You were cutting out again. Repeat what you oh. just said. Can you hear me now? Yeah, that's better. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so I was saying, yeah, I'll get right uh, right into it. But I'm just going to tell you guys that uh, Ioka predicts Chocolatito to win the fight. So he Who, said... Who's predicting that? Kazuto Ioka. Okay, okay. I can, if you want, uh, it's, uh, it's a quick read. I can read it. Uh, so... He's saying both of them have considerable skills and capabilities. 
Uh, it's safe to say it will be a high-level battle, but with each round, I think the difference will be in the defense. I think Estrada has a full yes. deck of cards in his artillery as a boxer and has great control of distance, technique, and counterpunches, but I feel that his defense is slightly less than the skills I just mentioned. Also, because he has such wide range of skills as a fighter, there is a slight possibility that he will make a mistake in judging a certain situation during the fight. Uh, Roman Gonzalez's style is very stable and constant. He has a stiff guard, uses his upper body, puts pressure on his opponents, and hits multiple combinations to the top and bottom. With that stability, when I think about it, I imagine the victory for Roman Gonzalez. Uh, if Estrada wins, it will be because of exquisite counterpunch ability. If he can time his counters well, Estrada's victory can be expected, but to create the opportunity to get the timing of his counter on Roman Gonzalez would not be easy. Uh, with that said, I predict Roman Gonzalez to win. I'll tell you what, that that was a a fantastic little statement. Very accurate yeah. in his in his analysis of both fighters and their strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. So spot on, bang on. You can see uh, the, the the way he's thinking. Uh, he he he's saying something that uh, nobody else is saying in boxing, boxing journalists, uh, fans, etc. Channels doesn't matter. Um, we all like to 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 find find uh, to, to watch fighters. Uh, we like fighters to show us a wide a range of skills, different skills, etc. Full bag of tricks. But uh, he's telling you that sometimes you you can get lost into it, you know. So now that's great to see. You know, Kazuto obviously has a vested interest, massive vested interest in this fight, as he's looking for a a unification showdown with with the victor. And he he's naturally we can see that he's expressing his interest. He wants that fight straight away. And let's hope whatever happens after the early hours of the morning, given that both fighters come out healthy, they're not sustained too much damage. Uh, who knows? Depending on the outcome, if it's a draw, I expect an immediate that they'll run it back straight away. But if it's a decisive victory for one or the other, then I, I gather that'll be the end of the end of the saga between Gonzalez and Estrada and the winner moves on to try and become undisputed or even in the interim if is Yoko if he can take the belt off Jervin and Kanyas who's pretty much doing absolutely nothing with the belt so he picks up two and fights the winner who has two as well some sort of a showdown Maybe for New Year's Eve or something in Japan, something like that would be a perfect oh. scenario. But but now we can't get too excited. Boxing always tends to sort of disappoint, so we'll leave it as that. But in, in my sort of conclusion for an outcome, I'm I don't know. I, I re <laughs> I'm back. To, I'm back. To, I'm I'm back down to an equilibrium position. Of uh, I really don't know. 
you know what, official, I, I really don't care because I have massive respect for both fighters. Whoever wins, so be it. Whoever loses, so be it. Corruption. Uh, are you saying that this fight is making you gun shy? Yeah, because I'm not really looking at it as, as you know, as you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a very protracted and heavy speculator on fights. But today I'm a boxing fan, so the betting doesn't even matter whether I win or lose money. No, absolutely no significance to me. Uh, this is about a spectacle. This is about a contest. This is about entertainment. This is about greatness. So anything else is secondary to me. So whoever prevails, so be it. Um, if I stay with my original pick, so be it. But I really, I, I, I really don't know. Um, not concerned. So it's not a case of being gun shy. But to me, a prediction doesn't is not is not. Is not essential for me. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Uh, I've become I've become so much of a recluse, as you know, in boxing. I wouldn't say a part timer, but it's a recluse that is driven by economic factors as well as a tremendously turbulent schedule between work, travel, family, etc. So there are not that many fights that. As you, as you have obviously realized in the last sort of you know year or so, that 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 inspire me to come back and do you know film analysis and and invest a, a great deal of time in talking about. Yeah, right. Naturally, this was one of them. As as you've you've heard me on shows going back six, seven years, that I've always talked about that this rematch is the only fight I'm interested in boxing. That's what I want. So here we are. So when I talk about that, an outcome to me is that that comes naturally from the heart. And, you know, there's audit trails of me talking about the first fight and, and wanting this fight for for years and years on, on different sort of shows, etc. So so I'll, I'll sit down and I'll enjoy it. And if I don't have a horse in the race, then so be it. I'll, uh... Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, but what, what else can you do after all these years of waiting for this very rematch than to sit down, relax, and enjoy the show, man? I mean, and for, for, for me, too, this is, I mean, as far as uh, the predictions goes, this was the, the hardest, really, really the hardest fight to predict. But I kind of, I would not say that my opinion changed but on the last show, uh, I forgot to mention one or two very important things. And uh, I was also not able to express myself correctly the right way to say the things I wanted to say the right way. So without uh, going through the whole breakdown that we already did more than enough, I would just mention one or two things. Uh, I was thinking, yeah, definitely, Estrada would give him hell if his footwork from the Rangwisa rematch would show up, uh, like you said, the lateral movement combined with his combinations. 
uh, it could give uh, Roman hell and he has more explosiveness left than uh, Roman has. So he, he would be able to, to out-quick Roman in the exchanges. But on the other hand, there are some other things that I was thinking. I mean, yeah, even if we see the best possible footwork from Estrada, again, in the exchanges, I, I almost forgot that in the exchanges, Roman would not be Juan, uh, Quadras, Carlos Quadras, because Quad, Quadras, man, he was getting hit a lot, but his defense, I mean, he's, he was a wonderful fighter, but his defense lacked definitely, at least compared to Roman. And uh, Roman, man, he has... Uh, he has an extremely, extremely good defense, like we said, for uh, for an offensive fighter, such a such an offensive fighter. His defense is fucking incredible. So I, I could see Roman winning a lot of the exchanges, uh, and despite him, I mean, uh, his um, hand speed also suffering. Slow, being slowed down compared to this uh, to his prime. But still, he keeps his punches short, and if he, he continues on keeping his punches short against Estrada, I could easily see him, uh, you know, uh, winning a lot of exchanges. And uh, plus, on top of that, if he saw the him and his team saw the same things that I've seen from the first fight and that uh, the, the adjustments that he made in the first fight were conscious and not unconscious, uh, then I could expect him to be very, very well tactically prepared, strategic, strategically prepared. And uh, basically, this fight is a battle between a fighter who's... Uh, physically better or is presumed at least to be in a physical much physically much better condition in Estrada versus a fighter who I think has more technical capabilities and uh, you're, cut, you're cutting out again uh, can, uh, can you hear me now one two one two one two one two hold on no, you can't hear you, man. Your firewall has been breached. Man, the coup d'etat boxing. I've got to use some of my discretionary budget to hire an engineer to, to improve his telecommunications. Definitely, <laughs> I'm taking all the help, <laughs> man. Uh, sorry for that, guys. Yeah, but either, was... either that or a bounty hunter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm hoping you're going to be kind enough to to choose the first option. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> But yeah, I was saying this is a fight between a fighter who's, uh, who has physical advantages in uh, Estrada versus a fighter who, who has, I mean, kind of tactical, strategical and uh, 
ad- tactical and strate- strategical advantages as well as uh, better rounded skills. So it, it just depends on uh, on uh, on which Estrada, which um, how how is he going to fight? But I kind of see why why Estrada is a favorite, and I do think kind of it, it may be contradictory, but I do feel like he is favored for a, <clears throat> for a reason. But I picked the Chocolatito. And uh, I'm not sure if it's gonna be by decision or uh, even by stoppage late. Possible stoppage, but yeah, I'm not sure. But I'm picking yeah, somehow. I'm uh, just one thing. I'm not sure. Maybe it is that I convinced myself somehow, forced myself to to pick uh, Chocolatito. But no, honestly, I think that I picked him for the right reason. So my prediction is Chocolatito. Good. Sorry. I think, financi- I think financially it makes sense as well with the underdog. And he's a, he's a strong underdog because this is as good as a good, as good as a 50-50 fight. Um, so that that's fine. But what, one thing I noticed is that the difference in hand speed was far more pronounced back in 2012 than it is now in 2021. Estrada's hand speed was significantly faster back then. Younger athlete as well. But over the years, his hand speed has definitely, I wouldn't say deteriorated, it's just that he's, his genetic sort of, he's not genetic, but he's transitioned into a different fighter because he's looking to sit down on these punches. So he's landing heavier punches. He's not varying. He's not varying the power of his punches as much as he was back then. He'll shoe shine a little bit, but he was better because he's moving laterally. So you can't, when you're moving laterally, you can't, by nature, scientifically, you can't sit down on your punches. Now he's, he's trading, he's become a little bit more attritional in that sense, but he can mix it up with great footwork. Whereas Gonzalez has never really been blessed with sporadic hand speed, but what Gonzalez does better, so it's a full 180 degree shift. He'll take he'll take the power off his punches to increase his hand speed. That's the extra dynamic that is implemented into his into his fight makeup. So Gonzalez has not only improved his defense, but I think he's transitioned his hand speed and his his punching power. So he, he can vary his speed of his punches at times. So that's that's how many new new and how many variations he's added to his game plan as he's matured over the years. That's what for me makes him such a remarkable fighter. You know, to have that humbleness and do so, but necessitated not only by being knocked out, realizing that you've got to try and improve and become more versatile when you're fighting against fighters who are much bigger than you physically stronger than you and can punch no doubt just as just as detrimentally to you as well so he's thought let me what can i do to try and improve my overall game so he's 10 he's done that and it's a credit to him and that's what's sustained i think his longevity in the game fantastic point man i i haven't i wasn't consciously thinking of it but you're totally right, corruption. I mean, yeah, um, 
Chocolatitos hand speed degradation has been very gradual and slow, steady, nothing, nothing exceptional when it comes to to his hand speed slowing down while Estrada's remarkably slowed down, but for, 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 for the sad reasons. So, yeah, because even in the last episode, I was telling you, uh, I think when I was watching his fight against Viloria, in the first three rounds, it was impossible to me to, to see, despite me being concentrated 100% on what I was watching, it was impossible for me to see which punches from Estrada were landing on Viloria and which were not because of that excellent, incredible hand speed that he was showcasing back then at that time. Okay. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. The sneak attack has somehow transitioned into a full ground and aerial assault. <laughs> We've gone deep into the dynamics of the fight, but it's good because, as you were mentioned, there's so many points and there was so much film analysis that wasn't incorporated in, into the first fight that, you know, has a factor. So, yeah, um, want to thank everybody who was able to join us for the live for the live show. Thank you very much, as always. And uh, yeah, I'm sure um, so many different opinions on the outcome and the way the fight is going to go as well. So, yeah, good to see that, uh, you know, there's a lot of invested interest in this fight as well. So, yeah. So, official, I don't know if there's anything else you want to cover, but I think that's pretty much it for myself. No, that would be it. I would just say that... Uh... See, I, I do think in some of his previous fights, Estrada didn't suffer because he was less worse prepared than than usual, like in his fight against Bimon. But rewatching that fight, I thought that it was uh, Bimon's output and his hand speed, so not necessarily power, but hand speed that were creating, giving Estrada's problems. But he was too opened up Beamer himself. Uh, not a great defense, so Estrada was able to adapt and um, use it uh, to his advantage to, to land counterpunches, etc. But yeah, I do think that styles really do matter, so that's also kind of a, a part of the reason why I kind of picked, uh, picked Roman Gonzalez. And uh, I would, uh, well, I would say I would like to thank everybody coming here, uh, writing in the chat room, one and only John Gonzalez, Suba, Sheikhe, Amphil, Apology Man, Alone. Uh, also, some new faces, Boxing Laws, loser stars yeah that's him and uh, yeah that would be it for me I would well corruption and all of you listening to us I hope you're going to enjoy the show because I'm definitely going to enjoy it and uh, see you soon absolutely I'm going to fire up the 65 inch I'm going to turn off the phone there's going to be no discord chat I'm just going to be <laughs> invested 
invested into the entire card. My man Harito Kiyoguchi, he's fighting a, he's fighting somebody smaller than a garden gnome. He's about four feet ten. And uh, I'm also really looking forward, as I mentioned, to the Cecilia Brickhouse and Jessica McCaskill fight. I'm I'm really hoping Brickhouse can exact revenge because I'm kind of disgusted with McCaskill's trash talking against a very, you know, dignified, humble champion who resorted to no such complaints or belittlement or, you know, condemnation, accepted, you know, accepted defeat. It must have hurt bitterly, you know, her first professional defeat and looked in good shape, looks very confident. She's predicting a knockout, which kind of surprises me because Breckhouse is not a power puncher. She's a boxer and fighting against a, a much bigger fighter. Uh, not a wise strategy. If she boxes, she'll win the fight. If she gets drawn into a toe-to-toe battle, I'm not sure um, at 38 as well whether that's the wise strategy. But in any case, um, yeah, that that is a, a highly intriguing card as, fight as well. So overall, a brilliant card. So I'll be invested in that one from, from top to bottom. And uh, official scorecard and myself will be back on Sunday evening. Definitely, we're not going to miss an opportunity to recap and review what should be the fight of the year. So on that note, thank you to all who joined us. Official thank you as well. I know you it's a busy schedule for yourself as well. So, Oh, it's a pleasure. And on that note, sayonara. Peace out.